0: And welcome, everybody, to another fantastic Wednesday, which is another edition of The Heat Ratio. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, at TCotillo23, along with my co-host, John Coker, at PGHJohn36. And again, you can find us on Twitter, at The Heat Ratio. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook page, at Fancy Sports Addiction. You can find us by email, at... the Heat Ratio at Yahoo.com. We're all over the place. Hit us up. We'll get back to you on Instagram at The Heat Ratio. If you like what you hear, come on back. Give us a rating. Give us a shout out. But we're gonna get right into this because Philadelphia, even though people say it's not Philadelphia, but I still say it's classified as Philadelphia, has won another championship because Villanova brings home another title. Their second in three years as they beat Michigan seventy-nine sixty-two. John, was there
1: any doubt watching that game? Not really. I mean, the first part, you know, it, it was within reach. But once once you got to halftime, the whole second half, Michigan, they never really never really made a comeback, you know, when they started to De Vincenzo, he Man, he. Dante, and, Dante's Inferno. Well, yeah, and he hit them two clutch threes just as they started pulling back to within 12. You know what I mean? He just knew he was on fire. He came up like dude in his face, just launched it, and he knew it was good. I mean, this was a a solid, solid team win. I
0: mean, you're talking about the Naismith Player of the Year and Jalen Brunson only scores nine points, wasn't on a lot of the game. You're talking about Booth only scoring two points. I mean, just to show the the maturity of a guy like Brunson. And, and we talk about sportsmanship a lot. And here's you know, here's Dante comes in. Defencenzo is basically the the sixth starter of this team. Can start anywhere, okay, in NCAA. Um, he comes off the bench, and Brunson's looking for him. Booth's looking for him. Bridge is looking for him. Everybody's looking for Dante, and that doesn't always happen because you see a. usually when you see a superstar player like Bronson is, he wants to be the spotlight. He wants to be the center of attention, so they'll start forcing up shots. They'll start forcing drives, and he knew it wasn't working last night. He knew Michigan's goal was to shut him down, and they did, but they forgot jay Wright on the sideline if you know he compiled a game plan again he just toys with teams i swear this guy he just toys with you for the first eight to ten minutes and then he puts the pedal to the floor next thing you know boom you're down 20 points so i really think this was a, a true team win jay Wright joins roy williams and coach k as the only active coach to win two titles right now, the fourth school in 40 years to win two. I mean, it's just unprecedented, and we're going to have another parade in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, Philadelphia or what? Or down the main line? Well, Dan, I said. That's say, the big debate. Yeah,
0: it is. I mean, everybody's oh, that's Delco, that's main line. I get that, but listen, you know, this is, we're, we're still feeding off a Super Bowl win. So just to say. You know, here's another championship and Sir Charles, I don't know if everybody heard, Sir Charles comes out and he says, I you know, obviously he probably had a couple drinks in him, but he said, I'm predicting, I'm saying it now, the Sixers are gonna be the Sixers are gonna win the NBA championship this year. So, you know, maybe Charles got a little ahead of himself. He is a gambler, but you know, at at the end of the day, this is this is this is a true Philly makeup of this team. Jay Wright's a true Philly guy, and I don't know about you, but I classify this as a Philly win.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely a Philly win. I mean, forget the lines of the counties and everything. It's definitely a Philly win. Um, You know, I I don't know. I I wouldn't mind seeing the parade down on the main line, let all them college kids just roll out of their dorms and just straight. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they don't have anything better to uh, do. Of course not. I mean, come on. I mean that that's a big time
0: tuition up there too. I don't know if uh, parents would be too happy if they're going to a parade instead of going to class. Uh, but. They're going to a parade. I don't know, I think what? the professors they're will going be. To a professors won't even be there. Uh, they're all going to the parade no matter what. Nah, I mean, listen, you know, the, the biggest thing that comes out of this is, you know, going into this tournament. And me and John talked, and we did our brackets. And I know Villanova was the number one seed, but I wasn't sold on their consistency coming into this tournament. I think you know Jay Wright said uh, said at the post game press conference. You know he said the West Virginia game was kind of like when he felt like, okay, you know what, we can win this thing. Don't screw it up. And I think you know Jay Wright is one of the truest individuals you hear speak, and I I really respect that. He's kind of one with everybody else. He, he takes you inside the huddle, takes you inside the locker room. He, for one, said it to the Kansas game, these guys aren't going to shoot like this again. And he knew it. I mean, we came out, uh, you know, we were like one for 13 for three-point line uh, from behind the arc. So he was exactly right, but he found a way to win in other, other avenues. But the thing I want to talk about is, obviously, you know, ESPN – All the national, you know, networks are here. They're talking hot take today. Will Jay Wright go to the NBA? Uh, If he does, who would he go? Should he go to the Sixers, which I think is ridiculous. They're kind of just parlaying, you know, the cities together. But do you think he'd ever go to the NBA?
1: I don't. I see him as a true players coach, and I think he gets enjoyment out of coaching the college kids. It's a whole different beast. I mean, you know, you coach, I coach. I mean, trying to deal with grown men making more than you are in terms of salary and going out and partying and this and that. It's one thing if you try to curtail and mold a young man or woman or whatever and, you know, try to make them do the right decisions in life as well as on the court and just, you know, just a way to live your life. And I think once you get that big spotlight in the NBA – it's kind of a different beast, the coach-player, um, you know, relationship. It's it's just not the same as college. So I mean, I think he's capable, but I don't think he would be able to relate with the NBA players as much. And I don't think that's something that he really wants to get into. Truthfully, I I honestly completely
0: agree. I really do. I I think teams like I don't know Milwaukee, who uh, has a couple young good players, and um, you know. They want to throw a boatload of money at him. Maybe a team like Detroit wants to throw a boatload. Bu- but I don't see why. I mean, you know, I don't see why he would leave. He he basically has, you know, everything under the palm of his hands, right? He's, he's almost like Bobby Knight was in Indiana. You know what I mean? Or Coach K is for Duke. Uh, there's a Coach K didn't go to the NBA. Roy Williams didn't go to the NBA. Dean Smith didn't go to the NBA. I mean, these guys, you know, they're, they're synonymous with college coaching. And I think... He will always be a Villanova guy. I think he will stay at Villanova. Uh, I think it's not about the money to him. I mean, let', let grant it. This guy's making double figures in the millions just by being head coach and going over I mean, come on. He is. I mean, I know the numbers are out there, two, four, five million, but, you know, on the side, deals, and endorsements, and this and that, and, you know, boosters coming in, he's making close to $10 million. I mean, this guy is living a dream in his mind. I don't think he ever leaves. I think you're right. He's one-on-one one with the players. He's a player's coach. Uh, but... You never know. You know, you you can't say you you know never, but I think we're pretty good saying that Jay Wright will stay as the head coach of the Villanova Wildcats
1: at least for the near future. I mean, everybody. I mean, circumstances in life change. I mean, he may want to give it a go just because. Like, let's, hey, even if he doesn't win another championship, but even let's say he does, and that you know what I mean, and then he's like, all right, I've won three championships. I've been here for ten years. Let me give the NBA a try, not because. Any other reason than, you know what I mean? It's just you have things that you want to do in life, and when you have the opportunity, hey, he can always go back and coach college, you know what I mean, coach NBA for two, three years, if that's what he wants to do, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. But I don't think it's happening anytime soon. I don't think there's going to be an NBA team that's going to woo him with money and make him leave now, you know what I mean? No, I no, I agree. The money, I don't think, would be his determining factor. It would be his decision for his life. What he feels that he wants to do at the time,
0: I think. I think they'll try to lure him, uh, but I just think, you know, let's grant this is a. It's kind of like a, a a nucleus that they build along, you know, once these collegiate coaches. And I'm sure he's talking to a guy like Billy Donovan, who jumped ship from Florida to go to Oklahoma City. I'm sure he's talking to a guy like that and say, "Hey, what's it like? What's that NBA like? What's the atmosphere like?" I'm sure he's talking to him, but I think at the end of the day. He listens to the national perspective, and the reason why I say that is there's a show called Get Up. I don't know if you ever watch it, anybody out there, Mike Greenberg, Jalen Rose, Michelle Beadle. Um, they asked Jalen Rose at Greenberg, asked him if Villanova is now the premier school, and Jalen said absolutely not. He said they're not a premier school, even though they've won. Two out of three years, they're not a premier school because they don't get the one-and-done recruits. You know, Duke has already has four McDonald-R Americans already recruited for next year. But you know what? I disagree with that. Why does it have to go about the one-and-done guys? And Greenberg was adamant about it. This is a, a, a prestigious program he's building. And I think Jay Wright listens to this, and I think that's his challenge. He says, I am going to be a premier school, whether I have McDonald's All-Americans or not. I'm going to get these kids to play. And that's what he showed this last year. That's what he's been shown for the last future, uh, previous years,
1: uh, especially the last two championship years. Well, and I think, I mean, I don't see – Villanova necessarily luring the same type of talent but I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing either. No, You have these McDonald Americans, they come on board, they play for Duke they play for Kansas, Carolina, whatever they're there for two years, they hop to the NBA. Where this guy's grooming guys to be on the team three years, you know what I mean, building the team camaraderie getting the guys that are are good players and, and good young men and you know kids with work ethic. You know what I mean? Kids, you know, their grades, I I would assume, have to be spectacular to be, you know, to be at Villanova. Absolutely. And so, That's a good point. I mean, there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of different things, but I don't see them pulling in the same caliber of recruits as some of the, uh, call it premier schools, oh, but I, agree. I still believe that they will perform as a premier school. And they also don't get as much, I mean, they're not in the ACC. You know what I mean? And, the ACC is the premier league. I mean, Absolute. bottom line, no, no doubt about it, and it will always be that,
0: right? But I just, what are we comparing to, right? Are we saying a premier school is because you get to go to that school, you become a lottery pick and go to the NBA, or is a premier school, you know, a school where you may not be a McDonald All American, you may not get the prestigious pick? But you're going to win you're going to learn how to play the right way so it's interesting how you know what the basis for that decision is but either way Jay Wright is is one of the top coaches in NCAA basketball and Villanova has shown it is one of the most prestigious collegiate uh teams and organizations in of all you know college basketball so I have no problem saying that but at the end of the day, I think we've decided that he'll probably stay at Villanova. He'll continue to build this program. And I think, you know, nothing but positivity ahead. Uh, can't wait for the parade. And speaking of the parade, you know, every time, whether it be a sports scene that wins, whether you have a good day at work, whether you have a bad day. I, you know, I was thinking about this, like, you know, when I get in the groove, right, and I'm happy or I need to be, need to be lifted up, so to speak, because I'm having a bad day. Like what's that go-to song? You know, everybody has that that go-to song. Either you throw it, you throw on a radio, you throw up on YouTube, you throw your headphones on, you jam out for a couple minutes. Could be an album, could be a song. You have like a, a go-to song?
1: I mean, I have a plethora. <laughs> a, of, plethora. a plethora. I like that. of um, all kinds of different stuff. on So, what's my your phone? go-to but, though, man? But like, if what's... I if I had to say, I mean, the most thunderstruck AC/DC. You're going. That's, you're going hardcore that's metal. That's just. That's easy. That's easy. You can put that on at any given point, and that'll get me ready to ready to go. You know what I mean? If I'm if I'm chillaxing a little bit, I'll go uh, all the way up with Fat Joe and Remy Ma. I, I like that. I like that. And see, that's that's. A th- I, I actually have three. Like I go like old
0: school. Like it, it all depends on the mood I'm in, right? But the, the the top three to me, I'm gonna go metal. I'm gonna I'm gonna go metal with you. I'm going Enter Sandman, Metallica. It's Just unbelievable song. Just just gets me, just gets me going. But then I go old school alternative. I throw a little Mr. Jones, Counting Crows action. That's kind of my. I, I I love Mr. Jones. But then when I go hip hop, and you know, because I'm an old school hip hop fan, I got to go. Everything's all right by Naughty by Nature. They're they're kind of like my three go to songs that I that I always need to bring. Whether I'm having a bad day, I need to be brought up. Whether I just want to party. I want to party with these Villanova guys. I, you know, you see them in the locker room. They throw their songs on. You know what I mean? They, you know, they they throw their Kendrick Lamar on because that's that's the new thing or their Drake. But I, I like to look at you know what 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 makes me fired up, and they're the three songs I have. And I think I'd love to hear everybody. If you want to hit us up on Twitter at the Heat Ratio or Instagram at the Heat Ratio, what's your go to song? What's that song that first goes on in the car in the morning or first goes on after a championship? When I'd love to hear it. But we're going to swing, we're going to say basketball terms right now. We're going to swing into the NBA. uh, And the Sixers, again, are still reigning in this town after the Eagles have won. Now we're all in on the Philadelphia 76ers. Unfortunate injury. Uh, Joel Embiid, orbital fracture. It looks like he did have surgery. Uh, You know, it's hard to listen to the... Sixers medical staff because let's be honest I mean it's kind of like a hit or miss with them whether they're, they're telling the truth or they're giving us a bunch of crap but at the end of the day it says it looks like he may miss one game one playoff game Sixers have you know a you know, few games left five or six games left uh, you know it'll be interesting playoff starting you know start the end middle of the month and uh, what do you think man I mean what if, if what's the projection of Say Joel isn't back for a series. Can
1: we win a series without Joel? You could definitely win it. Um, I don't know that your chances are as good. You're not going to be mopping up against the uh, bottom dwellers of the league anymore. You know what I mean? We're talking all playoff teams. And whoever the Sixers end up getting, it's going to be not the eighth seed or the seventh seed. still you know think it's I mean? going to be Indiana. I still think we're going to play good, Indiana. Good possibility. Um I think you can win the series, but it's going to be a battle. You know, what I mean, it's just that it's that weapon that's not there—that big guy in the middle that just causes such havoc. He goes out to the three-point line, draws the defense out. I mean, there's a lot of things that Embiid does well, even outside of you know his big play underneath. Yep. Um, But uh, Simmons is a beast. Simmons is a beast. So I mean, that last game, wow, him. Him alone, I mean, I could see him taking over any game in the playoffs. So it's just a matter of can you get to what is it, three wins first? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it it, it all you know, you make a good point about Embiid and I think that's why so many so many stations, whether you listen to Philly Talk Radio, whether you listen to the podcast, you know, they're all asking this question, who's more important to the franchise, Carson Wentz to the Eagles or Embiid to the Sixers? And I think it has to be Embiid. I really do. I think it's exactly because of what you said. I mean, here's a guy. The offense is built around Joel Embiid. It's built around getting the ball down low. to kick it back out. The guys like J.J. Reddick to Covington to Bellanini, okay? The, the This is what this is about. Um, now, Markel Fultz comes back, okay? So maybe, inherently, you, you've taken a guy in Joel who is on the sidelines and is usually down low, and now you take a guy like Markell who can drive the lane, essentially doing the same kind of thing, drawing in that defense, kicking it back out. So I think maybe you can get by for a game or two, but there's no way in my mind you win a series without Joel Embiid. He has to be on the floor. He has to be Joel. Listen, he's not going to come back without a mask. Okay, so you can read, you know, even the days of Derek, ask Derek Rose, how that mask felt. Okay, you can ask these players who've worn this mask before. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world. It does. You know, it kind of sways your vision a little bit. Okay, it's going to be something for him to get used to. So I don't think we can expect a 100 percent dominant Joel Embiid, but a 75 to 80 percent Joel Embiid is good enough for me to get through the first round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even without him. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he's back for a bulk of it. You know what I mean? If he misses one or two, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a body and it's someone that you have to respect. It's not like it's not like whoever they're playing, they're going to say, oh, we don't have to worry about him because uh, he has to wear a mask. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, the defense is still going to have to pay the same amount of attention. His performance may only be 75%, but in terms of – the team defense, you know, for the opposing team, they still got to pay the same attention to him as if he was at full strength. And,
0: I mean, and you mentioned it's a great point. I mean, you mentioned Ben Simmons earlier. Again, I mean, this guy has, you know, and again, I, you know, I know people are going to beat me up for this, and I'm good. I'm good. Listen, when I make bold predictions, I'm I'm okay to eat crow. I'm very happy to do that. No problem if it means a positive remark. Or a positive event for the Philadelphia teams. I'm all good about it. I just give what I feel at that time. okay. And When somebody asked me a year ago. And Alex Uram. If you're out there listening to this. You're going to like this. But I wrote an article. On why I said. That if you asked me at this time. Which was a year ago. When we weren't sure what Ben Simmons was. When Ben Simmons was hurt. And we weren't sure when he was going to come back. If it was going to be a lingering injury or not. And I said, if Joel Embiid is 100% healthy, would I trade Ben Simmons for Paul George? And I said, I would have at that time. Because I said, I know if we have Joel Embiid on this team, we add another superstar, okay, that we know can play, that we know who he is, that we know is not injured, we can go forward. And that's what that was on. I'm thanking the good Lord that the Philadelphia 76ers don't listen to me. Because if they would make that move right now, we'd be a lot of unhappy people right now. And,
1: you know, even to go go back to what you said about, uh, you know, who's more important to the franchise, Wentz or Embiid. You know, you said Embiid. I'm almost going Wentz because of the fact that Ben Simmons is here. And he is, uh, you know. I don't know, man. He doesn't have a shot. Third in the NBA in triple doubles. That that's Third great in the NBA. I agree, but he still needs his own shot. Hey, his own shot. If you're dishing out ten assists and pulling in ten rebounds and putting in double digit scoring, dude, I'll tell you what, that's what that's what I need. An all-around player. I mean, you gotta think about how many how many points he makes with all the assists. You know what I mean?
0: No, no, I, I completely agree with, but that's well, I'm gonna get you on that. That's a good point. But think about it this way. Okay, and I'm not saying Ben Simmons is never going to develop his own shot. I'm talking about rating him for what he is right now. So if you take Joel Embiid out of the equation, okay, and this is all on Ben, right, and you say 15 assists, you're right, 15 assists, but those 15 dimes have to be given out to guys that can shoot. So now you're relying on the rest of the team, not just Ben. With Joel you're relying on Joel. Joel's going to get you those 25 points. He's going to get you those 14 rebounds. Well, this, and this that's isn't, why I think he's this more isn't, important.
1: This isn't a comparison. And no, I, I'm no. not a comparison. To M- I'm saying M- which Bede one does what. Simmons. That's all I'm saying. Right. No, you're you're right. But, you know, in terms of the comparison, you still have something where if you don't have Wentz, I think it's a bigger blow because that's the entire offense. You know what I mean? That, tell that to tell Nick Foles.
0: Oh. I'll just say. I mean – Listen. Tell that to Nick Foles. Tell that to Doug Peterson. I agree with you. Well, I I know what you're saying.
1: We got to get everybody to weigh in on this one. But, because... No, I I, <laughs> I
0: really I think this is what. And and, and last time I see, I I'll throw a vote up there. But you know, I I, I didn't want to piggyback on what the other stations do because they they kind of threw that out there. I, you know, I'm just gonna just leave it as people want to comment, on it. give it to us. But I just How, oh, I just this? think
1: I just think it's Joel, man. How's this? Would if you you could you could start your franchises off with. Wentz and Simmons, or Embiid and Foles. If you had to pair them up, cross ah, sports. That's
0: not fair. Though. Why is that not fair? That's not fair. <laughs> pair it up because We're, you're taking.
1: Okay, as a Philly fan, okay, would you rather have Foles and Embiid or Wentz and Simmons? I'd have to go Wentz and Simmons. That's okay. obvious because I'm I taking agree. Wentz
0: over Foles, right? You know, so that's why it's not fair. Now, right. if you said if there's two guys, oh, would you rather have you know Wentz and Simmons? Or uh, I don't know, or Rodgers and Embiid. Come on, I mean that's different. You're you're giving me a gar—I uh, didn't say garbage, but you're giving me a backup quarterback. Hey, you
1: mentioned Foles. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, why because, I put it out well, because there. he did win the Super Bowl, right. but he's exactly. not a guy I'm going to start my franchise. No, with. I agree. I so agree.
0: I I don't know. I mean, listen. Either way, luckily we're talking about this right now, and we have two guys in Simmons and Embiid, and hopefully a third guy in Fultz. And let's not leave out Dario Sars, too. And Dario Sars. okay? Uh, you know, when, when we got into this, everybody thought talked about the big three, okay? And the big three was Fultz, Simmons, and Embiid. That's what it was. Because they said Fultz was the missing piece. When Dario was drafted overseas, playing in Turkey, okay, everybody said, hey, listen, I don't know if this guy's going to come over. This guy's going to be too soft. This guy's going to be... Listen to me. This guy is talk about a spark plug for the city of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean this guy, he he's giving you that Allen Iverson heart. that the, the, the leaving it all on the floor. His raw emotion okay the way you know his his his, you know it's symbolic of the way he plays on the court his you know he's developed that three-point shot which has been unbelievable he's not afraid to drive the lane he's not afraid to take the hard foul he hustles he throws himself at the ball throws himself at defenders this guy is what Philadelphia is all about and I'll tell you what I need to to take that big three out of the equation and if if we're going to add faults and it needs to be the big four
1: because Dario deserves to be on that masterpiece right there. Uh, well, maybe he'll get his name up on the trophy when they hoist it. Well, he, <laughs>
0: he's, he needs to be that part of the Mount Rushmore. Right. You know what I mean? He Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he has to be there. I mean, this guy has just been light years ahead of what everybody thought. And, I, you know, we knew he was a decent player. Listen, he was the MVP overseas. There was a reason for that. I mean, it's just nice to see. A guy like that develop because he's definitely needed on this team. So we're almost ready for the postseason run. I can't wait. Uh, I think we're going to need it uh, because we're getting some Phillies talk right now because I think some people are a little disappointed. But um, go Sixers, go Nova. Let's start talking a little baseball. What do you think?
1: I think so. Hey, because I think this is going to be an interesting. It, it was a spectacular opening weekend. It was opening
0: series. Now let, 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 let's let's say we we were all high. I'm still high on the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Okay? We're we're all high on this team coming in. We kept talking about one word. We said potential, right? We said potential. The young guys have potential. Now, let's think about this for a second. Now, we're going to get into Gabe Kaplan. Okay? And we're going to get – I want everybody to realize something. Why the Philadelphia Eagles were on this historical run. Everybody kind of forgot about Gabe Kaplan. Nobody was really paying attention to Gabe Kapler, okay? It was everybody was in, and I've talked about this before, nothing can go wrong. Everybody's in this hunky-dory land where everything's good in Philadelphia, which is fine, okay? We were on cloud nine. I think nobody really dissected into who Gabe Kapler is. Now they're getting to see it, and now they don't like it. Okay, obviously we don't need to get into statistics. We see what happened against the Atlanta Braves. Okay, we know about Aaron Nola; he gets pulled after sixty-eight pitches. Okay, we know that they lose eight to five on that trash Nick Markakis, who hasn't been good in five years. Okay, hits a hits a home run at the end of game. How how unique that is. Okay, and then we win the next game in extra innings, and then we lose the next game, and we start the season one and two. We use every reliever we have. Uh, You know, basically orange are falling off after three days. Uh, It's been a kind of rotisserie lineup, whether Alfaro's in, whether Naps in, uh, whether Franco gets the start, Crawford gets the start, Kingery's here, Herrera's here, Altier. Uh,
1: What's your thoughts, man? What what were your thoughts on opening weekend? Well, uh, a lot lot of stuff. I mean, Gabe (laughs) Kapler was one of them. Um, you know. So let's start there. What, what what do you what do you think of game? Well, and I'm great. It's three games. It, we right. We've we've talked about it. He has uh, some interesting thoughts on how to do things, and my gut feel is that some of them will work and some of them won't. Um, you know, the baseball season is six months long. And when you get to be three, four games into the season, two series into the season, you're two weeks into the season. People overreact. Fantasy football. You're don't be the guy in week two that's cutting bait with your guy because he didn't perform for you know two games. All right. So you're it's early in the season. He's you know he's a rookie coach or you know man, manager. He got to get through this too. So you know. If his decisions worked, everybody's saying he's the smartest coach ever, he's going to win the World Series, and sometimes it backfires. You know what I mean? So, you know, what's going to be interesting is to see how he manages it moving forward, all right? So whether whether he's listening to the backlash or what, you know, he's going to learn from these experiences. He's going to, you know, starting odubal on the bench – was a head-scratcher to me. You don't get too cute. Why? Because you don't get too cute with your lineups on opening day. I don't think he was getting cute. Well, I th- Listen, I
0: Aaron Altier is the better player. I don't care what you say. He's the better player. At the end of the day, we will sit here and we will talk. And, and Aaron Altier, if he stays healthy, will be two times a player
1: Odubo Herrera will be. I, lo- I like out there. So, but I still feel that Oduble should have got the start why? in center because I feel that, that you put in the trusty veteran that got the batting average, it's opening day, and that's the guy you let one of the younger guys rest, not him. That's yeah. my opinion. See, I, I don't see a problem with that. I, I, I well, it I don't ended see problem up in a loss. With
0: that. What's that? It ended up in a loss. Well, yeah, but not because of that position. I'm not saying. Right? Well, not and necessarily And, and, and just I don't that. have a problem with the way he's using his relievers. Listen, if 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 we're sitting here right now, okay, and Hobie Milner comes in and he does not give up a two run home run to Freddie Freeman, okay, and the rest of the bullpen, you know, continues to implode, we're talking oh wow, that's really cool with the way Gabe uses bullpen. That's what everybody's saying. Okay, because at the end of the day, Gabe said one thing. What did he say the reason why he uses bullpen that way? Because he said I expect Aaron Nolan to log tons of innings. 200 plus and I want him in September in August to be the arm I rely on so if I could take 20 pitches away from him in the first game of the freaking year okay I'm gonna do it. what in God's name is wrong with that you just went from a team in the Philadelphia Eagles and people this is my argument and you could say it's a stretch it's okay Okay, but you just went from a team in the Philadelphia Eagles who had a, a rotation of eight defensive linemen, correct? They had guys, Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, out of the game. Okay, for guys, okay, uh, Derek Barnett coming in, Chris Long coming in. Okay, guys going going out, whether it be Brandon Graham, okay, Vinny Curry. Okay, these guys came, you know why they did that? Because Fletcher Cox did not play a full game of snaps until the last game of the season, okay? Or or the second last game of the season. You know what he said? Man, it's the best I've ever felt. Because you know why? His coach is keeping him fresh. Did anybody say anything about that? No matter what, Peterson didn't sway, okay? He stuck to that ratio, okay? Good plug for the show. But he stuck to that ratio and said, you know what? At the end of the day, no matter what the situation is, I'm going to keep my guys fresh. That's what Game's doing. And you know well, what? Here, wait, hold on. Let me finish. Then so you can rebuttal. Okay, but but the at the end of the day, the the problem to me is he's putting his trust into a bullpen that is unproven. His antics that people are saying they're calling him antics are being used all over Major League Baseball. You're a fantasy baseball guy. It's the reason why the closer is not as relevant as it was ten years ago. Okay, it's because they're using a multitude of relievers all on statistics, all on analytical data, whether we like it or not. This is the way Major League Baseball is going, and it's not going
1: to change. No, it's not. I mean, and I'm 100 percent on board with you. I mean, him using relievers, I mean, that's the new going thing, and especially early in the season, A lot of times, managers aren't looking at pitches. They're looking at how many times you get through the lineup, all right? And if you're a proven guy, you're a Max Scherzer, they'll let him go through four times the lineup. You know what I mean? If you're a younger guy or someone that's not quite as proven, you get through the lineup twice and it's, you know, middle of the sixth inning, they'll pull you because that's when the hitters get to you as a pitcher. So that is a strategy that's absolutely getting rolled out more in baseball this year. Um, I, I truly believe that. The number of pitchers that you're going to see getting quality starts, getting into that sixth inning and stuff, there's going to be a decrease this year. And 100%. It's, and it's not going to be just the Phillies. No. Now, the issue is, do you have enough quality bullpen arms to manage that gap? You know what I mean? Who knows? Who two years down the road, maybe the next best thing is, you know, they're going to start having your number six starter in long relief every single time and go through two innings. So maybe you have your starter go five, then you have a long reliever pitch two to three, and then you go directly to the closer, you know, get them through the lineup once. I don't know, but that's definitely a trend, all right? With with the, you know, I wonder when you're talking about pulling a pitcher, and whether you talk about how many pitches did he throw, how many innings did he go, you know, workload, and taking it easy on him, I guarantee you there's data behind it in terms of is it better, what if a guy goes and he pitches X number of innings, maybe he pitches 100 pitches. The other guy, he has less pitches but pitches on four days rest. You know, a lot of times you hear them say pitch count pitch count pitch count but there's so much there's bullpen work that's going in between you know what i mean is it that or is it the pitch rest for an inning pitch rest for an inning pitch rest for i mean there's a lot of different things that could go into that i don't know how much medical data there is but i guarantee you that coaches managers and especially all these analytical guys are digging deeper in you know, are we managing our guys right? Is it is it pitch count? Maybe it maybe you got to go to a, a instead of pitching every five days, maybe it's every six days, and you can pitch 120 pitches, or maybe it's every four days as long as you don't pitch more than seventy. You know what I mean? You you really don't know what those numbers are. Um, so, but I do see it being a trend. You know, he went through it. I just don't want to see Gabe Kapler get too cute. And try to start every trend. You know what I mean. It's good to start That's a couple a good things. Point. I'll give and, you that. And I and That's I want. Point. And you got to be creative. And you got to stay ahead of the game. But just try not to do too much and stick to what you really. If he really believes that that was the right call, and I'm not saying whether it was or wasn't. I am not a baseball manager. I can't tell you. You know, I questioned it, but hey, he's the guy. He's getting paid. He's on the team. He got to deal with the flack one way or another. And like you said, it could have, you know, it's one pitch. Exactly. One pitch, home run, changes the complexion of the game.
0: Well, I I, I agree with some of what you're saying. Okay, I really do. And, you know, you don't want him to get too cute because he definitely has that moxie bound. Yes. He wants to be. I I, I don't want to call him Chip Kelly, but I'm saying he's got that Chip Kelly kind of vibe. Kelly Kelly
1: ish. Yes, he's a little Kelly
0: ish, right? I like that. Kelly esque, Kelly ish. That's kind of, you know, he wants to be the innovator. He wants to be the trendsetter. I get that. um You know, let's not forget that two of the guys that were supposed to be the heart of their bullpen started the season on a DL in Neshack and Hunter. Right. These are two guys you're supposed to rely on. So, which brings my point to you, which kind of, you know, uh, confers on what you were saying, is know what your personnel is. So, right. if you want to use eight relievers, that's fine. But if you know you have two unavailable, I don't know. Maybe you do pitch Nolan one more inning. Okay. Maybe in the second game you don't go to as many guys. Maybe they need to face more than one batter. Okay. I get what he's trying to do. I just the guy on on uh, Major League Baseball MLB Network, uh, Brian Brian Kinney, yeah Brian Kinney. He had a, he had a really good point today. He said exactly what me and you were both talking about. Everybody in Major League Baseball is experimenting with analytics. Just the same thing with their pitchers, just like Gabe Kapler is. But what I would tell Gabe is what Brian said: is Let's not try to be too cute, too fast. Yep. And, and 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 maybe maybe that is what we're talking about here. Listen, this guy for for all you out there that feel oh you know Clint Tax stinks and, and and the organization's terrible, how can they hide us in embarrassment? Listen. They're not going to hire a guy who's going to embarrass the organization. Okay, you could say what you want about Matt Clintack Okay, he did some really good things out for the Angels organization. You could say what you want about Andy McPhail, that he's old and he's washed up. He's done a lot of good things for the Baltimore Orioles uh, organization. And let's not forget, Pat Gillick is still a senior advisor to this team, and I'm sure he had some input too. So they're not just going to hire a guy because they just think, uh, you know what he's you know I think he's going to be good I'm not no they were sold on this guy and what he wants to bring I just think it may be a little too soon but at the end of the day I still think what's wrong with bringing in a left-hander to face a left-handed hitter we do that all the time Hobie Milner last year played very well so you figure he was going to come in and lock this guy up he did not it happens it's just being elevated right now because we're not expecting to see it. And for the people who say, how would you take Reese Hoskins out? Why, why would you take Reese Hoskins out? He could have been up in a tie game. Listen to me. Reese Hoskins is the worst defensive outfielder on that team. He, you can say what you want. That's what he is. So when you got a guy like Odubel Herrera, or if the, the roles were reversed, and you had a guy like Altier on the bench, Guess what? In the eighth inning, you're up by three runs. You're bringing him in for Reese Hoskins. That's just what we're gonna do. And you know you're not gonna put Reese at first base this year because you have Carlos Santana, who's a very underestimated defensive first baseman. So that's what that's baseball, people. That's what they do, and they're he's gonna continue to do it. It may hurt in the beginning. But I'm telling you, I, I believe in this. You may think I'm crazy. Okay, I already got a couple bets. People telling me I'm nuts, but I really think Gabe Kapler will stick around, and I think we'll learn to like what he's doing. Okay, let's remember we all weren't happy, me included. Okay, when Doug Peterson was going for those fourth downs, we were calling him an idiot. We were calling he doesn't know what's going on. Okay, he just won a Super Bowl, so. We all were bashing Charlie Manuel. Oh, this guy can't talk. This guy can't relate. This guy can't coach. He won a World Series. So at the end of the day, let's give the guy a shot. I think he's just going along with whatever Major League Baseball is preaching. Okay? He's going along with everything that they're developing out there. And I think he has his own spin on it. And he's just trying
1: to fix and trying to basically implement it onto this Philadelphia Phillies team. Yeah, no, he is. He is. And the one thing, I mean, I see him being, you know, one of the smartest managers in the league in terms of the statistics. And the one thing that I see, and obviously we're, we're how many games into his career. Ah, but three what, games. <laughs> but what I, could, what I could see out of him is him not having that, that experience, like you see, like uh, you know, somebody that them them older guys, they just got a gut feel. Clint Hurdle, he knows, oh, I'm going to the pen. I, you know what I mean? I don't, you could tell right. me whatever numbers you could throw numbers in my face. Dusty know, Baker. Yes. Bob Black. The, yes. The, yes. I know right. what I'm doing. I agree. And I just don't see him. I could see him pulling out a spreadsheet and and, and starting to look through, looking through yeah, data. He's or, the or, only coach with a calculus uh, on the bench. Uh, yeah. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean I could yeah, see, I that, can see that, but I mean hey, it's 3 games in. You got to develop a feel. He hasn't had to make these calls in his career. You know, what I mean it's way different being a player than being a manager and just having to make all these decisions. So, I mean the the it takes yeah, some time.
0: The last thing I'm going to say is just start to look at the way the players respond. Okay, that that's the way. You know, you've seen that with right. Chip Kelly, right? You see oh, Absolutely. So, look, just let's just see, okay? Listen. You're goddamn right. Aaron Nola was probably pissed off that he got taken out of that game, I'm and sure. so was Oduble right. about not start. Of course he was. And, and what did what what did he say about Odubel? Because I still think Odubel's a lazy player. Okay, so he said hopefully he lights a fire under this guy to want to come back and perform. Okay, that's new. I have no problem with that. But we just have to look at how the are these players going to buy in? Because you've seen it with Chip Kelly, you've seen it with Andy Reid. Okay, you've seen. They bought in, but then eventually they they bought out. Okay, it's Chip Kelly. I don't think they've really ever bought in. Okay, so when you lose the team and the team stops listening to your presence, it's time to move on. So let's just see how. Let's just see how you know these players react and how they going through the season. If they start popping off the papers or media members, they show some disgust or they come out to support their manager. We'll see how that goes, but. Speaking of, I mean, you wouldn't know it because it's still snowing out here. It's <laughs> ridiculous, and they're calling for maybe another storm this weekend. Okay, I mean, the New York Mets got postponed the game with the Phillies because there was four or five inches of snow on the ground. I mean, it's just this is just this is unbelievable. This kind of weather pattern we're going through, but there's going to be no snow in Augusta this weekend. Uh, you know, the the only magic out there. Okay, maybe from El Tigre, Mister Tiger Woods brings us to a little Masters talk, and I think it's interesting because Tiger Woods is in his forties. Uh, the last time he won the jacket in Augusta was two thousand and five. Okay, Phil Mickelson's back in the you know in the hunt this year. You know, will we see a Tiger and Phil showdown? Will we see? These two elder statesmen, I think Phil Mickelson's 47, Tiger Woods is 42. I mean, let's face it, in 81 years, the Masters has only been won six times by someone 40 or older. The last was Mark O'Meara at 41, some 20 years ago. So the odds obviously are against these guys to win the Masters, and the peers are even coming out. Okay, obviously they're remaining nameless, but they think it's a joke that Tiger is favored to win the Masters. I don't think I can fault them for that because they're saying, wait a minute, I've been busting my ass for so long, for the last three years, here's this Tiger character who was great, who had all kinds of issues, who's coming back, and all of a sudden they're going to put him up on a pedestal again, and they, you know, we're, we're getting dusted by. But guess what? That's because he is Tiger Woods, and at any time he's going to bump ratings, he's going to bump revenue, and he's going to be the top trending story in all
1: sports you think he got a shot this weekend he definitely has a shot i think mickelson has a shot uh, i also think it's a pipe dream that they would yeah. <laughs> face off <laughs> could you the, imagine uh, mickelson tiger uh, on a playoff yeah, yeah i, I mean it, it, it that it would just, go down in uh, the history of the
0: game you know but what I mean? i'll tell you what everybody would be flipping it to be all for that yeah everybody yeah. would be flipping it to be for that yep i mean uh, it, you never know i mean
1: hey Tigers play he's played good in the his games back Um, you know he's familiar with the course he's done it before he can I who knows what he's going to show up with you know what I mean I don't for uh, for another golfer to be upset that he's getting favored that much well if you have so much hardware already you know what I mean hey what do you what do you expect you know what I mean he's done this I mean uh call the odds what you want and don't bet on them. <laughs> you know what I mean in no, reality, no. don't bet on. Them. I, 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 but, I I I understand. You know, he's done it and if nobody else is impressing, well, that's the way it goes. You but I, mean? I yeah, but I and I think all... it's
0: I think it's more of these guys are saying, "Hey, listen. I've been carrying this sport on my back for the last 5 mm-hmm. years while you were out getting knee surgeries, you were out, you know, making movies, you know, x-rated movies." Okay, you were you know you were getting drunk or you know taking your your opeds or whatever you were doing. You were going through a divorce, so while you were going in all this negative direction, I was here holding down the PGA Tour, and now all of a sudden you come back with a clean slate and they want to put you right on top again. I don't think it's that case. I think if we remember when Tiger first came back a few months ago, he wasn't really that good. OK, he's played his way to this, starting with the Honda Classic. He's played his way
1: to the top right now to be favored. So I don't have a problem with him being favored whatsoever. Right. And that's what it is. I mean, you, you finished top 10 in your last two matches. You know what I mean? You've won it before. You're familiar with the course. I mean, you got to look at that field. I mean, half the field. You know what I mean? How many guys are, are comfortable playing at Augusta like he is? You know uh, what I mean that, that's a good point. That I mean, it, he used to, he owned it. Oh, you know he what I did. Mean? He, he owned did. it. I
0: can, I can I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about that roar. of Tiger coming down on 13. You know, for an eagle putt. Like I, I can just feel it. You know, and he,
1: a, a, Tiger. If you're listening, you need to wear the red shirt. You need to wear the red I don't, shirt. I don't, I don't. Can you feel it, or are you just hitting the replay? Because I no, can, I can feel it. I I could feel him shanking a drive. Oh come on! I am well, just saying. Hey, as much you got no as, faith as, in Tiger over there. I have faith in. No, I have faith in. Him. We're not it's talking about your DFS for, league for over how, there. We're talking about real stuff here. For how much good <laughs> there was that he had, he also had a lot of hiccups over the past years. I well, did. You know, he and I, I'm glad that he seems to be back. Hopefully he has his life pulled together. I mean, and, seems like he does, and it'll hopefully it shows on the golf course. But uh, hey, I I will be happy to see him finish top ten. I don't necessarily want him to win it, but I would like to see him top ten. I would love. I'm to not going to. I'm not rooting for him to win it. I am, but I I'm rooting for him to uh, be up on that uh, first page of the leaderboard. I, I I almost think it's a guarantee. I I mean he. Just
0: for people and listen, I am definitely not, you know, I golf maybe four times a year. I, I watch it. I'm not an, an avid fan where I'm watching it every day, but I watch it because it's higher. Okay, I do. I watch, you know, I watch I like guys like Jason Day and Jordan Spieth and Bubba Watson and you know, I, I like Rory, I like how uh, you know he came back with the big drive, out drove Tiger, you know, back in the day. I still like the old older guys. You know, like like Stenson, like Mickelson, you know, but At the end of the day, this is all about Tiger. And if you watch Tiger play the last two tournaments, you can tell something special is starting to happen. When he was playing, whether when he was injured, when he was playing, when he came back from all the negative press, he wasn't himself. He was tweaking things. You heard him, oh, I'm working on my swing, using a new club. That wasn't Tiger. Okay? You see it right now. This is Tiger, and I'm telling you, when Vegas, just like, just like Mikey Miss always says, Vegas tells you something with a line. When Vegas comes out and they su- they start supporting Tiger Woods, they know something, and that means he's back. And I think he's got a great shot to win this tournament this weekend he really does you made a good point he knows the in and out of that course he knows how it reacts he knows every sand dune on there okay he knows every you say shank okay but he knows every waterway on there he knows how to get to 18 the right way so i'm really pulling for him and i really think this could be i mean this this will be the number 1 trending story this weekend correct
1: yeah I mean, wow. every everybody's going to be talking about. The, the Masters will be, and we'll see. He has to do something. I mean, put it this way. Could you imagine it, if he didn't make the cut? Well, you know what? Could you? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll just say, could yes, you imagine if he didn't make the cut? That would be nuts. But I'll tell you what. You're right in the fact that even if he's muddling around at even par so many shots. It doesn't he, matter. That's still going to be, they're going to show the leaderboard and Tiger. You know what I mean? No matter what. If he blows up and gets cut that's going to be huge talk and if he's playing his game that's going to be huge talk so you're yeah. right either way you get a tiger right either way well, and i think that's what bothers me a little bit you know back to your point about all these other golfers i i held down the fort while you were gone i don't want to say it bothers me but yeah oh all right tiger tiger's back everybody hop on the bandwagon oh come on back tiger can't wait I would rather see the – I want to see the Masters with the guys that I've been dealing with for the past couple years. So you don't want to see Tiger. I want to see him not win. <laughs> see that – yeah, but it's
0: nothing but good for the sport. It it's is. It's nothing but good for the sport. Well, yeah. I don't know why you don't want to see
1: a win. I don't get that. There's guys that you like and guys that you so, don't like. I'm so not, you don't like Tiger. I'm not a Tiger guy. No, I never was. I was I was so, never – I, I like – dude, when he was winning his – I mean, I love watching him go after it on Sundays – you know what I mean? And, yeah, in his heyday when he was doing it, yeah, I was rooting for Sundays him. Sundays was a holiday. Yeah, well, and I was rooting for him because, I mean, this was history in the making, you know, he as he was doing this. This was the greatest of all time, you know, that we were watching live do it over and over. And then after the collapse, I'm, I'm I, I just him. think you can't
0: do nothing but get, you know, but get behind him. And the only reason why I say that. Okay, and, and I'm just going to go, you know, bring us way back, right? When he first started. Okay, we live in a society that unfortunately there's a lot of jealousy, there's a lot of hate, there's a lot of prejudice that goes on, and we all remember. Okay, let's not let's not like, twist it. Okay, Tiger Woods came in to a sport that was predominantly white. Okay, so he comes in a sport with a bunch of you know stereotypical, as they say, older Caucasian rich guys in their country clubs who wanted no part of Tiger Woods on their course. Okay. We all remember the fuzzy cellar incident. Okay. With the whole fried chicken and a watermelon kind of thing. Thought it was a joke at the end of the day. Okay. When he first arrived, I sincerely think half of these guys were pissed. Okay. And they weren't pissed because he was a golfer. They were pissed because of the color of his skin. I really do feel that way. And I think he fought through that. Not only was he made did he make himself better than those guys, not only did he outclass those guys, okay? But at the end of the day, he was the best golfer on that course at any given time. So to see him push through that in my eyes, especially to still with all that stuff that happened the last five years, listen, me and you were both we're both human we're gonna make mistakes yeah. everybody makes mistakes okay is what it is for every mistake those athletes make we make the same kind they're just not spotlighted just like they're or they're not in a spotlight like like those athletes i get that but at the end of the day this is his course and when he to see him come back i think that speaks volumes about the kind of person he is and i'm happy that he's here
1: and I'm sorry john i want him to win
0: no, oh, it's all right.
1: You could you could want him to win. I like I said, I'm going to be rooting for him. But the closer hey. it gets to Sunday, you know what I mean. If he's up at the top, who you know, I'll I'll probably be on the other side. I'm glad he turned things around, and I hope the best for him as a person. Absolutely. But it's still, you know, there's guys that you liked on the course and guys that you didn't. I would always have Mickelson. Uh, I'd ra- I'd rather lefty. yeah. You know that was just you know what it came down to it. That's. Just what it was. Well, speaking of guys we like and we don't like,
0: we're gonna end end this show with our our fantasy baseball segment like we normally do. And this was the first weekend in fantasy. Obviously, Mother Nature left us with uh, some postponements and some games. Uh, I joined the league last minute. I was telling John uh, right now I'm I'm flying high. Okay, I, I got a lot of nice players, uh, but at the end of the day who was any surprise players? Who was your early concerns? I'll give you mine. I'm just going to go by my team. Okay. Surprise players were number one. I didn't think Zach Cozart would be as good as he is right now. And now he may slow down. He may not new environment with the angels. Okay. But he's riding high early concerns. Uh, you know, I was real high on James Paxton. I was real high on Michael Walker guys. I got a little late, uh, their first start didn't go too well, okay? So, early concerns. I don't
1: know. Who who do you have as as, as early surprise and early, early concerns? Yeah, I mean, the way I'm looking at it, you got guys. Every, everybody's overreacting to the first week uh, of the season. It's only been, what, three, what I mean?
0: for the most part, three, four, four games, yeah, five four, games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know. So,
1: you see these guys, you know, once again, the toughy roads. You know what I mean? Who Who is the toughy roads this year? And, you know, it ended up being Matt Davidson for the White Sox. Now, I think he's going to be a better player for the season than Tuffy Rhodes, but he, he cranked out three homers on opening day. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, I don't think he's keeping that up. So, yeah, I mean, I got, I got my list of, you know, things to believe in and things to not. So, you know, I'm looking – Charlie Blackman, look. Neither of us were – we weren't convinced with the top five, but, I mean, he's sitting yeah. leading the league in home runs right now. Yeah, like, okay. he's, he's proving us wrong You're a little well, bit. Hey, like, <laughs> it's like, early, though, like, Charlie. Yes, it's right. Early. Exactly. So, preface this, this is early in the season. <laughs> but, you got us now. But, hey, We'll I'm, talk in June. It, I'm believing in Charlie Blackman. Edwin Incarnacion, hey, he may be old, but all that dude does is crank out homers. I'm believing you in are, him. You are You are right about that. That's all he does. Right.
0: It's insane. I'm believing
1: in Bryce Harper until he My guy, but you know. A... Oh, yes, he is. Right. And I you know, health has always been his issue. Brian Dozier never gets the love that he deserves, you know what I mean? Cranking out the it's power only from... he plays in
0: Minnesota. Exactly. Nobody pays attention to yep, Minnesota. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so I believe in Brian Dozier. Adam Eaton, after his long layoff last year, I'll tell you what, he came through. He he's he already has two-plus home runs or something for the season. Leading off for the Nationals, I, I see a good season for him. Jose Barrios, complete game. Complete game shutout. 34
0: points on my bench because I cannot stand
1: daily lineup changes. I don't know why I did it to myself. yep. So I I see Barrios I see him as a top twenty five pitcher. This he's a big arm really man. I like it. And one one of the last ones I'm going Hunter Strickland. I don't know what's going on with Mark Melanson. It's his elbow. One one word you hear it's two you know it's two weeks or he's back soon. And then the other thing then it could be a couple months. It's going to be I'm, the year. Well, and he it's has, going to be the year. Well, he has not been. A very good closer no. for, for the past couple. So I'm buying into Hunter Strickland. Even if he comes back, he'll end up with the job. Couple guys I don't believe in necessarily. I'm still not a believer in Paul DeJong. Not a believer Me in either. Matt A.K.A. Tuffy Rhodes Davidson. I think he'll put up power numbers, but you know, he's okay. Joe Panic, no thank you. what's, uh, what's wrong with Joe Panic? Um Steady. Joe Panic is steady. He's never had steady. He's never had more I like than Joe ten Panik. home runs in a season. Doesn't matter. All right. Well, I, I don't want a steady <laughs> uh, less than ten home runs. Okay. Kevin Pillar, he got the speed, but I don't believe he's going to have much else. Garrett Cole, what the good. No, we talked about that last uh, week. You uh, weren't solo, Garrett. I wasn't. He a, threw it together he, for Houston. He did eleven Ks. Still not believing in him. <laughs> I, I mean, I. He's going to be an okay pitcher, but he's not going to have huge res- ratios to help you out. Let me tell accuracy. you, not to interrupt you because we. We'll but if he
0: continues on that stretch, the Houston Astros are definitely repeating his World Series. Champion. Good possibility. Good yeah.
1: Soche Otani, his first <laughs> showing. Hey, he, he was all right. Six innings, six Ks, got the win. So, I mean, I'll take it, but I still don't believe that he's going to have his best stuff till the second half of the season. So, Kenta Mehta, 10 Ks. He ain't going to get double-digit Ks again this season. Don't nah. believe it. An interesting one, Miguel Andahar called up by the Yankees, the big-time prospect, I don't think he's going to stay up. I think he's filling in just until Ellsbury and uh, Hicks come off the Hicks, DL yeah. in the next uh, you know week or so. But he'll get a couple spot starts. One concern of mine is uh, Kenley Jansen. He, um, you know, he he blew a save. His uh, velocity was down a little bit. Um, I'm buying into Josh Fields. their are uh, top wow. setup man. Josh Fields as a hey, if you're looking for a closer and waiting. I don't know, but these arm problems, you saw him holding his shoulder after his uh, blown save. Good. Not good. Maybe we can bring back Jonathan Bronson. There you
0: go. There you- <laughs> yeah, you remember that name. But, uh, no, nah, good stuff, man, as always. And, uh, again, we'll have more next week because this has only been a preliminary three, four, five days. It'll be interesting to see how some of these performers continue to perform or continue to disappoint as the year goes on. But, again, uh, we're going to sign off. Again, we had another great episode. Time flies. We got through everything. Uh, we wanted to. Skipped a couple things. We'll keep that for next week, which is all good. Uh, hopefully, you continue to follow us on Twitter, at The Heat Ratio, on Instagram, at The Heat Ratio. Again, interact with us. Give us our, your concerns. Give us your questions. We're going to throw a vote up there every other day. Interact. You know, Let us know what you feel. Okay? Thanks again for everybody who's already supporting us, and thanks again for the support we continue to get. Okay? I'm Tony Cotillo at Cotillo 23
1: um, John Coker John at, forgot who he was I did at PGH John 36 <laughs> and again another episode of the Heat Ratio and we'll see you next Wednesday Go Pirates